Let me tell you a story. It is a story about a man called Joe. Uh, this is Joe. Uh, Joe wandered into the church back in Torquay, um, beginning of 2011, and I caught him on the door, as vicars do, you know, and you shake the guy's hand. But as I'm uh, having this really brief conversation, and I, I, maybe we'd got as far as names, I can't remember, but that was about it. Uh, I had this very strong sense that I should just say one line to him. And the line was, God's not done with you yet. Looked him in the eye. God's not done with you yet. And as I said that, just tears welled up. Suddenly we'd gone from, you know, vicar on the door shaking hands to this God moment. God's not done with you yet. Let's look a little bit at the passage in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and then we uh, will come back to that story and I'll tell you a little bit more of the end of the story. In 1 Corinthians 14 it says, it begins like this, follow the way of love. I, I love all of the Bible passages that begin with follow the way. Anything that's got the way in it, I'm now like, I've got radar for, hey, do you know what? We're having this. So folks, you can, you can take hold of 1 Corinthians 14 for you and for our church, because our tagline is, uh, what's our tagline? A church on the way. So we're to be following the way of love. Seems like a good plan to me. And we're to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Do you know that you have permission to eagerly desire more of what God's got for you? Spiritual gifts, especially, according to Paul, prophecy. That you are to eagerly desire to do this. Do you know we have not been made for normal? We have been made for God's extra normal. Ordinary people filled with his Holy Spirit. In this passage, uh, Paul is talking about orderly worship. I said at the nine o'clock this morning, I said, I I'm not sure that you need me to, to correct you on orderly worship, um, but I do encourage every single one of you to pray in tongues. If you, if you don't pray in tongues, do you know what? That's okay. But if you want to pray in tongues, you know, God's got great stuff for you. Paul in this passage though does say, he says, don't pray in tongues all the time because actually you do need to engage your brain as well as your spirit. And apart from anything else, otherwise no one else is going to have any idea what you're talking about. Well, most of the time, um, unless they've got the interpretation. Praying in tongues, by the way, if, you, if you're not familiar with that, is praying in God's language and you might know what, not what you're praying but God does, and it's a wonderful way of praying, especially when you don't know what to pray. And um, if, if you're not up for that, can I suggest you go back and read your Bible, and then ask yourself why not, and why you're fighting with God. Because um, this is a great thing, and it's, a, and it's a gift to you, especially for those times where you don't know what to pray. But in this passage, actually, he's talking about saying that we should desire prophecy more than tongues, more than the gift of tongues, and that when we prophesy, not if, when we prophesy, that it's supposed to be for the strengthening, 
for encouraging and for comfort of others. All of our words should be like that. And we we need to be pretty cautious if the prophetic words that are coming out are harsh and destructive. You know, sometimes we do need to say harsh things and that's what God puts on our hearts. But the default should be strengthening, encouraging and comforting. And at the end of the passage, uh, what happens is we see that the unbeliever or the inquirer, I love that, the unbeliever or the inquirer, someone who doesn't believe or someone who's seeking, when they come into that environment, what happens is they're convicted of sin. You know, it is not our job to convict people of sin. You know, it's not your job as a follower of Jesus to do that. You don't get the right to go round and make all sorts of pronouncements about how dreadful everyone else is. That's not how this works. What we're to do is to speak the things that God puts on our hearts, the things that we hear from Him. They're to be strengthening, encouraging, comforting. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction. And when He does, boy does He do that. In fact, in this passage, it says that they'll fall down on the floor and worship God, that their, the secrets of their hearts will be laid bare. When someone encounters God in that way, it's phenomenal. But you know, it's not our job to make it happen. It's simply our job to be obedient. Let me share with you a little bit more about uh, Joe's story. And I want to play you a video, and it's the video from his baptism, um, but I'm going to talk over the top of it and give you uh, a commentary. And um, you might see uh, Joe in this video as well, because you make an appearance too. Uh, this is Joe and Alice, by the way. It's great to have them here this morning. Welcome, Joe and Alice. Um, uh, so here's the video, and I'll explain it as we go. I am the Lord your God. I go before you now. So this is Joe here. I stand beside you. You see, the thing that I didn't know about Joe that first day that I met him was that Joe was a backslidden Baptist minister. In fact, he was a real clever lad. He he had a PhD in Pauline theology. But his marriage had broken down. And so when I met him on that door, and I didn't know what I was saying, I was just trying to be obedient. This door opened up for him that actually God wasn't done. All these things that he'd pressed into before, that God was going to do something more. And this is the day that a Baptist minister wanders into an Anglican church. And renews his baptism vows. God's not done with him. But you know, on on that day, it wasn't just him that renewed his baptism vows. You see, Joe had started a new relationship with a wonderful lady called Nikki. You know, relationships get messy sometimes, don't they? And our response at that point needs to be to be gracious and loving. 
And Nikki's daughter got baptised that day as well. This is Kira. In a paddling pool at the back of church. And we prayed for her and we prayed God's blessing upon her as she made a choice for Jesus. But it wasn't just Joe and Nikki. You see, Joe came and ran an alpha course in our home. Or rather, I ran an alpha course, but it was clear by the end of session one that Joe should be running the alpha course because after all, he had a PhD. So he ran an alpha course for his girlfriend, for Nikki. And Nikki got baptised on this day as well. She's the one that's coming up next. She's just about to get plunged. See, when God restores people, He doesn't just restore an individual, He restores whole families. This is Nikki. You know, Nikki sat in church for, I don't know, about a year, I think, going, no, I don't believe any of this stuff, but I cannot explain this hot flush that I'm having, and I'm pretty sure it's not the menopause. And we were like, Nikki, Nikki, you, you might not believe yet, but you've already met the Holy Spirit. It was a wonderful day. This whole family being restored. But more than that, not just Joe renewing his baptism vows, Nikki being baptised and, and Kira being baptised. But a whole new beginning. I had no idea when I said those words. God's not done with you yet. That the story would contain that. And that story is, is not mine. It's theirs. It's all the other people that helped along the way, but the story didn't end there. Three weeks later, they wandered down the aisle on a Sunday morning during the main morning service. And they got married, and he was wearing a kilt. <laughs> and a few years ago, got ordained into the Anglican church. How crazy is that? <laughs> ordained deacon and then a little while ago priest and a church uh, just outside Plymouth. And you know what? God's still not done with that man and with that couple yet. He's just getting going. Folks, that little nudge that you have to say something to someone else could change the whole of the course of their life. The work that you engage with on a Sunday morning, Lynn, with those little ones, and you just, you speak truth into their lives, and you sow seeds into their lives, It'll change the course of their life, and we are grateful. 
When you meet with someone and you just think, oh, I just, I just take a step of faith with you and, and share this because you could change the course of, of a whole family's life. You know, the Holy Spirit loves to speak with you. He loves to speak with you and there are so many ways that He speaks with you. He can wake you up from a dream and you suddenly go, I've got to do something about that dream. He can give you a nudge as you're wandering around Tesco's for someone that you have never even met before. He can rest a verse upon your heart. He can give you what might seem like a crazy picture in your head. And if you've got the courage to step out into what might feel crazy, you'll get used to it. And you'll discover that what at first seems slightly crazy is God's normal. And he'll break through and he'll do extraordinary things as you take steps of faith in this way. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you as an individual. And he wants to speak to you for others so that you can be a blessing to others. And that is not extraordinary, that's normal. That's normal. And if it doesn't feel normal, we need to make it normal. If you, if you want to kind of rain check, rain check on this, can I encourage you to go back to the book? To go back to the Bible. You might want to read Joseph with his dreams. They came true. You might want to read about Paul stopped on the road encountering Jesus and then the Holy Spirit sends in someone to come and speak truth to his life. You might want to read about Jesus calling his disciples and speaking prophetic words to them, telling them who they are even though they don't know it yet. You might want to read about King David having words spoken to him, tough words sometimes, or Jesus speaking to the woman at the well and talking about who she really was. Loving but also truthful. And so my invitation to you today is prepare to catch. Think fast. Prepare to catch. You know, I've uh, in September last year, we laid out these five habits, didn't we? To pray, to read the Bible, to join a group to commit to coming to a service, to give in this place, and we've changed the way that we give, but please keep on giving. If you can do it by standing order as well, it's really efficient. It reminds you to do it every month. But if you want to give more, that's also fine. But you know, all of these habits, they're they're not about sitting alone in a room at the start of the day, having done your praying, ticked it off the list. They're the training ground for then going, now I'm awake for the rest of the day. Now I am ready to hear you. Now I've been reminded of your words. I'm, I'm like, I'm more familiar with it. Now I'm ready. At work. At home. Down the pub. In Tesco's. Wherever it might be. To be ready to hear the Holy Spirit. To be prepared to catch. Now when you catch 
catch a little glimpse of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Let me give you a couple of pointers as to what you're supposed to do with it next. Um, the first thing, actually I didn't put this on the list, is you might want to ask the question, well, well, is, is this for now? You know, God has shown me this thing, give me a little insight for another person. Is that, is that just for me to know, or am I supposed to share it? You're not necessarily always supposed to share it. And if you do choose to share it, then you might want to remember these um, five little things. You could frame them in all sorts of other ways. And in a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna create a bit of space so we can just do some of this stuff together. The first one is is be normal, okay? I mean, frankly, if you come up to someone and you say, um, I, I think I might have got a, a, a picture of a sailing boat. Does that mean, you know, frankly, that's going to be weird enough already, okay? You don't need to make it more weird. Okay? You know, it's, it's quite odd, it's odd enough already. In fact, I'd encourage you just to make it normal. You know, hey, I, I've just been thinking about this boat. I, I mean, maybe that's for someone this morning, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about this boat. You, you don't happen to have a yacht or, you know, or something, do you? It's blue. You haven't got a blue. Be normal. Okay? You don't need to be weird. Stop that. Uh, <clears throat> point to, to you no, that's wrong point to God not to you you know, it, it's not about you it, it's about God and this person point to God whatever you present present it openly okay 9,000 times out of 9,001, what you say should not begin with, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) Okay? So if that's part of the equation, simply don't say it, unless he specifically says you are to begin the sentence with, thus saith the Lord, in which case go for it. But on the whole, don't do that. Because most people don't speak Shakespeare anymore. Certainly not in normal life, unless they're actually an actor. Uh, so don't do that. You know, just but present it openly. You know, do you know what? You might have got it wrong. I've done that plenty of times, and I I, I, I encourage you to try. And, and sometimes you'll get it wrong. And if you present it openly, do, do you know what? It's all right. It's much better to present something in the moment, okay? If you're with someone, okay, a mate of yours, and uh, you kind of get a sense that God is saying something, if you take that away for three weeks to earnestly pray for it, okay, and mull over it and fast all night, do you know what? You're, you're not going to be able to present that very easily because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, ooh, there's this whole thing I've got to share with you. And suddenly you get very intense. Calm down. Okay? It's much better if you do get something as you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Share it in the moment. Take a step of faith. Go for it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? They don't own a blue boat. Okay. Must be for someone else then. Or maybe I miss her. You know, that's okay. Be open, alright? Be in the moment and make sure that it's life-giving. You know, if it starts with, you know, I, I just have this, uh, this sense that you've been, you've been really bad. 
probably don't start with that. I mean, actually, God might give you that. You know, sometimes he will show you what the other person has been up to. And I think your next good question is, uh, Lord, okay, but what do you actually want me to say to them? You know, how are we going to get to that? How do you want to get to that? Because it's probably not going to be, uh, excuse me, last Friday, back streets of Bristol. Hmm? That's probably not going to be the way in. Unless, of course, he says, this is like, it's right until it's not. So I'd love us just to take a few moments to pray, to watch and pray. And as we, as we do this together, um, I'm going to invite you to, to pray for someone that's not here this morning. You know, but actually if we do that, if, if we spend a bit of watching and praying time, you know, it might be that God lays something on your heart for here and now. Great. Then you need to kind of run up here and come and share it. Okay? And it's safe. It's safe to take a risk with that. But as we, as we do this, you know, we, we don't get to hear from God by being earnest and going, oh, I really want to hear from you. We get to hear from him by stepping into his presence and relaxing. Yeah? You might want to start with, well, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are faithful. And then you might want to ask a question. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to pray for now? It's a great question to ask. Some of you won't have even needed to have asked the question. You'll, you'll have had someone that, that's kind of come into your mind already. And a great question to ask is, Holy Spirit, is there anything that you want to show me for this person? It's just where you are right now. I encourage you.